Well, good afternoon, and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. We'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one is to know when and how to ask for help. We're also having our chat with uh, Christina on our Minute on Innovation, and we're going to be looking at what is a micro-issue in your business. But right now we're going to have a chat with John Woodward, who's a sessional lecturer in law here at the university, and we're going to be talking about conflict in the workplace. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So, so do you think uh, conflict is commonplace in the workplace today? on the increase, Julian, from, uh, you know, reports around the place. Um, there, there does seem to be more of it happening now than uh, the tra- traditionally that we heard about. So what's, what sort of conflict? Who, who are the conflict with? Um, well, it can really be between anyone. I mean, uh, p- people in business seem to be under increasing pressure um, uh, for in their relationships with customers. Um, it can be... Uh, Disagreements between co-workers in a in a working environment, and it can be relationship problems between supervisors and uh, workers, or between supervisors and management, and so on. So it's it, it you know it can it can come from any um, any quarter and, and and really invade any relationship. So there's a term being bandied about now called uh, high conflict people. What are high conflict people? HCPs is the acronym for it, Julian, and and that uh, relates to um, something that we attribute to people who um, are, by definition, difficult to deal with, and they're not uh, your average sort of person that you can sit down and sort out a resolution to a problem easily with. Um, and uh, you know they, their their uh, behaviour is is uh, dominated by specific identifiable behaviour patterns, which uh, can include things like having a preoccupation with blaming other people when things go wrong, um, having all or nothing thinking, or it's my way or the highway sort of an attitude, um, having unmanaged emotions. Uh, uh, when there when there's a problem, uh, you know, reacting disproportionately to the size of the problem at issue, and uh, and sometimes you also see extreme behaviours that accompany those emotions, and that can be things like sort of, um, you know, yelling, ranting, and raving, and um, bone slamming, and door kicking, and that sort of thing. Um, so that, that's sort of the, 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 the behavioural patterns that you tend to see in high-conflict people. And, and working in that environment, obviously, can be a, a real challenge. How, how can we deal with these types of people? Well, you know, there's a lot of published literature around about this now. Um, there's, there's some um, things coming out from the United States um, which are recommending what they um, have called, uh, using the acronym CARS, C-A-R-S, um, approach to dealing with difficult people. And uh, the acronym stands for um, connect, analyze, respond, and set limits. And just to go quickly through those, um, connecting uh, is nothing other really than trying to establish a positive connection. Uh, using some empathy with the person that 
uh, with whom you're in conflict. So you're saying to me, look, I understand your difficulty. I understand how important it is to you to get this job done by the weekend or I respect your concern that you haven't heard from us um, and it's over, you know, the contract is overdue or something. So it's connecting with the, pe- with the people at a personal level is the first, the first thing. The A, the, the, uh, in the CARS acronym, is, is analysing the options, is to sort of sit down and go through, uh, brainstorm the options for resolution of the problem. And that uh, has the effect of, of, of uh, paying it forward, is to look, look to the future and how we can uh, uh, analyse what the problem is and what solutions might be available for us to attack it in a, in a collaborative sort of way, rather than looking back over your shoulder and attributing blame for what's gone wrong, which is a negative way of approaching um, dispute resolution mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, thirdly, uh, you, you need to respond to any um, hostility or misinformation which is coming from um, the, the high conflict person. And um, that means um, you deal with the subject matter uh, rather than dealing with uh, personal, um, you know, personal issues. So some of these things get terribly personal. You get a problem and someone says, oh, he's an idiot. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, let's not worry about talking about what sort of person he is. Let's talk about what it is that's happened and what we can do to make it to fix it up let's address the issue keep it keep it uh, not get, keep it away from personal address the issue not the address the subject matter not the person and and you deal with that um, um, according they call there's another acronym called it the BIF response so you be brief um, you convey correct information which is the information you are um, you're as friendly as you can be, and, but you are firm in 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 what in what you say, and and that is the the way that you uh, you know the, this uh, research says that we should be uh, responding to these sorts of problems. So that's a very 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 brief summary um, of um, you know of, of, of the system, but um, those who are engaged in in managing this at um um in in the united states um say that it works well and they've got a very um you know a large following of people who are you know looking into all that and and trying to implement the the uh, behavioral responses that seem to be called for in in your uh, mentoring sessions do you find uh, some of these issues arise there um well, they have. Um, they have certainly um, in, in my professional past, they have. Um, I've been in lots of different workplaces over the years, uh, all professional ones by reason of my you know, occupational calling, but mm. um, um, you, you do get these problems periodically. And, and, and uh, I mean, this research has only really come to my attention in the last probably 12 months or so. Um, but I think that um, it makes a lot of sense to, to look at things in that way. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it also helps us not to become polarised in our thinking about issues. Lots of things are not straightforward. There are not just black and white answers to this. You don't, you know, have to be extreme right or extreme left. There are... 
Um, you know, there are very, very few people who've got, you know, you know, no one's got a monopoly on wisdom, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we live in, a, in an age where management needs to talk to their employees who are at the coalface to be able to work out what works best for the company. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, it just needs to be a participatory model that we that we engage with mm. um, in order for the and it increases productivity and profitability and makes a happier workplace and everyone gets on a lot better and so on now I mean that's all that's all very um, very brief and easy for me to say and I'm sure that plenty of our listeners would be saying that well you know that's easy for you to say but you're sitting up there you know ivory tower but but the, the research has been done into these things and 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 there are results which tell us that um, adopting a more inclusive and engaging role with uh, people generally, but specifically with with people who are difficult to manage, high conflict people, um, is the way to go, and that seems to be that seems to be working well. So uh, relationships in the workplace are very important, and uh, I think a good subject for, for for your program. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, John. We'll have a chat with okay, you again really another time. Thank you, Julian. Thank Goodbye you. Bye-bye. John Woodward there, just examining some of those conflicts that happen in the workplace. And, yeah, that CARS formula might be useful to remember it. Time to have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you this day? Good, thank you. Nice, be a sunny day. Beautiful day outside in the sun. Yep. So, so we're going to talk about uh, micro-issues in your business. Yeah, and I thought, so often what we see on a global issue, we can cut, we can bring right back into um, micro-issues within our own businesses. So one example that we were talking about late, uh, earlier sorry, was the, the heat from waste. So yeah. that is a micro-issue that comes from the macro-issue of, you know, we have a global problem. Whether we, where we say the global heating problem comes from, whether it's a natural thing, whether it's you know, global warming, that's not what this debate is. You and I have our own opinions on that, um, and that's not what we're talking about here. So what we're going to say is that there is a problem with things heating up uh, and that there is a, an issue with the ozone layer, etc. So if we say that, that becomes the macro problem that the, on a global level. How, do, how does that come back to a micro issue? And one of the things they've identified is the heat um, that's coming off our dumps, so off our everywhere where, where we um, discard rubbish, you know, there's, a, there's an increase in the heat that's emitted from, because, you know, things are, are, are breaking down, etc. There's there's this additional heat that comes down. Mm. And if we use that example and bring it back into a business, what is in our own individual businesses? So whether you're um, an accounting, whether you're a consultant, whether you're law, whether you're education, what is it that a, a, an issue on a global level comes down to a micro issue that you can deal with in your in your own businesses and it even comes down to what small differences can we make within our own businesses on some of the global issues um, so for example we you know there's a whole lot of uh, businesses out there now not using plastic bags um, having a social conscience around the environment etc so let's let's eliminate waste um, there's also a movement against you know all the Every year, um, everybody brings out the latest in smartphone technology or the latest in computers. What does that actually mean for us as consumers? So there's businesses 
taking these causes right back to a micro level. Another one that I think is really um, important is education. So worldwide, we realise that, that education um, is slipping. There's so many children and, and adults in third world countries that are uneducated. We're watching Finland lead education in different ways. The education system has been criticised in, in Western countries like the US and like Australia. So we know changes need to be made. How do we bring that back to um, a micro level? So education globally needs a revisit. And on a micro level here in New South Wales, we're doing uh, uh, quite a bit, thankfully, for the, you know, things are moving. This is a new school in Leichhardt that's being um, constructed around new systems. There's the big picture school that we've got. New South Wales has just put out the thing about 3D printing and technology and they're going to be using that. How do we take education back into a micro level to our own businesses then? What kind of training do our people need? You know, the conversation you had earlier around culture. How do, what kind of training do we need in order to overcome the small difficulties that we're having and how do we provide that to our people on a micro level? So education, macro level. Bring mm. it back to your business. Mm. What education are you doing there to keep your people ahead um, and, and at the front of their game? So all these things, if we look at big picture things, we can always bring it back to how does that relate to what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis? And it's also, it gets back to finding, going back to the root cause of the problem, isn't it? Uh, always. Yeah. Always, always come back to the root cause and always come back to what's the experience that my user is having? Why is this a problem for my user? You know, always come back to both those things. So where's the pain point if you're creating something new or where's the pain point around the education? A lot of people, I know a lot of the people that we talk to go, oh, you know, not another training function or not another workshop or not another brainstorming event and you go okay where's the problem where are the problems arising where people are having those attitudes so clearly there's no real engagement clearly there's no alignment of values we've talked about you know true north and, and how does each business align with its vision and values and how do they get that message across to their staff mm. um, all these things that need to be aligned there's a whole lot of education that we can be doing to improve things within our own micro systems that then have an ongoing effect in a macro system. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time again and uh, have a safe trip off to the States for the next couple of weeks and we'll chat with you when you come back. Thank you. I'll be bringing you back lots of new ideas around technology, what's happening over there at the moment. So look forward to it. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with... Uh, yeah, looking at the micro issue rather than the major issue sometimes. With time to have a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one is uh, know when and how to ask for help. People often don't ask for help because they think it's perceived as a sign of weakness. But you can't be successful if you don't ask for what you need. So here's how to make it easier. First of all, help others first. Build a positive reputation as someone who's willing to lend a hand. For example, offer to assist with a smaller task or ask if someone could use extra input on a project. Then, know what you want to ask. If you need help with a current project, take the time to write down your goals, look at the most important one and list the steps and resources needed to achieve it. Use this series of needs to frame your request. And then finally, ask smartly. And that's S-M-A-R-T, which obviously stands for those goals. Many requests are so poorly worded that it's difficult to respond. Yours should be specific, meaningful. Explain what you why you need it. Action-oriented. 
ask for something to be done and real and time bounded say when you need it so some interesting points there because we don't often ask enough for help do we it's taken from a book five ways to get better at asking for help by wayne baker and also the other one is to get to the root cause of your burnout if you're feeling exhausted overwhelmed and even depressed at work you may be burned out the first step to remedying this situation is to understand what's causing it. Try tracking how you spend your time for a week, either on paper or in a spreadsheet or in one of those apps now available in, for trackers on your, for, on your uh, smartphone. For each block of time, write down what you're doing, whom you're with and how you feel on a scale of 1 to 10 where one means angry or depressed and 10 means joyful or energised. This will give you exposure to them and to a sense of the activities and the people that are dim diminishing your energy. The goal is to decrease time spent on tasks, people and situations that drain you and to increase time on those that re re replenish you. As much as possible, try to jettison low value and high frustration activities. If you find that there are certain relationships that are especially draining, interact with those people as little as possible. So some interesting couple of comments there from the Harvard Business Review tip, particularly as it relates to uh, the uh, conflict in the workplace that we spoke about earlier. And putting all those together, we should be able to have a meaningful and happy workplace. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to talk about digital solutions for your business with Kimberly Claire Campbell. We'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company at the same time for business and the, the law and you next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Albert Einstein once said, try not to become a person of success, but rather try to become a person of value. <laughs>